What's up, Jesse? What's going on? Not much, man. Fired up tonight. Ready to do this. <laughs> I don't think you're fired up for politics. <laughs> That's okay, though. <laughs> That's okay. It's good to be uh, a little adventurous sometimes. Yeah, we can't really talk about that part. Um, anyhow, so exciting news tonight. Um, Yang Bang. So I, I'm excited for Andrew Yang, man. He's young. He's charismatic. He's... Uh, he should have never ran for the Democratic Party. He should have been his own party, you know, and wouldn't have gotten any traction. So maybe being part of the Democratic Party helped, but. I mean, other than, like, besides Bernie, he, you know, he probably had the second, like, probably, and maybe he even had a more enthusiastic following, but he did a hell of a job. Like, it was very, I mean, from what he did, I mean, it was, it was pretty great. Um, one thing we want to try to do on this, on this, uh, on this podcast is go over a third possible third party candidates for probably for 2024, you know, because mm-hmm. it's not going to, it's not going to be able to happen this year. But I think, I think the, I think the further we go along, the closer and closer we get to a, to a third party candidate once again. Absolutely. You know, cause you had, you know, you had Ross Perot before who I think he pulled like 20% of the vote and he caused Bush to lose and Clinton to win in the first place, you know? Um, and he was the last, um, independent to actually be on the debate stage. He actually got to debate. Oh, if yeah, you can right. debate with the with the two parties, you can win. Yeah. Why aren't we seeing more debates? Why are they such cowards? Now, I'm so sick. Of, I can't stand cowards, dude. Like they're 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 cowards. You know what? Let let's. I'm I'm hoping we're gonna get a debate. Shouldn't we see the two parties at least debate each other this year in 2020? Are we gonna make an excuse so they don't debate each other? That's what's fresh. That's what that's what I'm scared of. I mean, we need we need debates. With the way with the way Joe Biden's hiding out, it makes me feel like it makes me feel like maybe they won't happen, right? Because they're yeah. gonna they're gonna keep playing up this COVID stuff, and not, not that COVID isn't serious, it is. But at the same time, it's like I'm pretty sure, you know, if you guys can if you guys can do all this other stuff, you can have these press conferences. If you can, if Congress can get together, they can test people to have a debate. Oh yeah, and so here's um, will Joe Rogan test people every time they come yeah, on the podcast? They can figure this stuff out. Oh yeah, for sure. So here's the thing with um, Andrew Yang, and here's what really why I brought up debates because even when Andrew Yang was allowed to debate, if you look at his time spoken, it's yeah. it's so far down. Like they're not asking him questions. They're afraid yeah. of his answers. Um, I, I like his UBI stuff, and I like the way he uh, he kind of is young enough but not too young to kind of have had the experience of business and um, what it would take to kind of be a president because i don't think that every president needs foreign foreign po- uh, policy di- uh, diplomacy i mean it proved that barack obama had no foreign diplomacy donald trump had no foreign diplomacy so you know and and using that as like an offensive i think is kind of ridiculous um i think part of party yang i mean he I don't, you know, I don't think it was completely skewed against him because he was, he was too nice, right? Like, in, in yeah. some of it was too nice. So, he, in, in some ways, he reminded me of Ben Carson, but he's more exciting than Ben Carson, right? Oh, but Ben Carson, well, ben Carson makes you snooze. Well, yeah, and that, and that, that's the difference. But like, let's say, because some of these guys they constantly interrupt each other or they play off each other, right? Well, he typically didn't do that. He typically waited for somebody to ask a question yeah. instead of just inserting himself. And I think, I mean, if you want a chance with these guys, you're going to have to insert yourself more because there was some debates he had like five to ten minutes of talk time or something like that. But he was always at like the bottom three almost. Yeah. And um, and that's what happens. And if you don't, if you don't make a place for yourself, you know, they don't because they. I mean, let's be honest, they don't want you, right? I mean, because and not that he isn't a great candidate, but they don't. They wanted like early on, they wanted Joe Biden, and early on, they wanted you know. Every once in a while, like some other person would you know get a little bit of fire behind him, you know, and they'd be like, oh, Kamala Harris. Or this person or that person, 
they didn't want they didn't want Andrew Yang, and I, and I don't understand why because Andrew Yang he's, he's pretty great at what he does. He's articulate. So let's explain. Let's back up for a minute. Um, Andrew Yang. Let's explain who he is. Um, so he, he was originally uh, he graduated from let's see here Brown University, and they got his bachelor's there, and then he went on and got his law degree from Columbia University. He's forty five, and from New York, so he's from. I think that's kind of some of his democratic roots right there, is being in that that area, heavily democratic. Yeah, and he's a son um, of he's a son of a he's son of a Taiwanese, Taiwanese yep. yeah Taiwanese immigrants. He's first first uh, first generation. Um, let's see here, and that was oh man, so he's first generation, and um, I think the cool thing about it is he's an entrepreneur. Yeah, he How was does... he started off as an attorney. Um, it, for he was originally a corporate lawyer. So he kind of understands that corporate life. He he saw like the the good and probably the bad of court corporate uh, corporatism. Um, Yang became uh, working on startups, which is huge because we talk in America about small businesses. So you have somebody that's working on a startup. That is a definition of a small business. You're taking it from zero to hero, and so I think that's good. Um, and I think he did well. I think he was successful. Yeah, and that's why we. I mean, that's why he even made it to this this stage in the first place. It's because he was successful. Absolutely. And you can tell it. Now, I mean, it, you know, when he, I don't know, like, he seems like he knows this stuff. He's obviously very intelligent. And if, I think you, go, so. if you go through his policies, he, he has a, a bunch of extremely in depth policies, some of them I totally don't agree with. Like, have you ever seen his Second Amendment policies? It's the most in depth that Second Amendment, like, if, if there wasn't a Second Amendment, like, this is probably what you would want. Like, it, it has. <laughs> It has so much information. Now, I mean, I don't. I, I'd rather have the Second Amendment where people can own stuff. But yeah, it's all about licensing, you know, and going through all these different hoops to be able to, to be licensed for certain types of weapons. To turn to be able to buy a gun, it's, it's pretty crazy. If you go to Yang2020.com, you can see um, all of his policies. Um, I, I would recommend not donating to him. I don't even know if you can, but <laughs> it has a donate it still button. Says, here. Yeah, it still says donate, but I don't. I don't know if. Uh, um, so and it, it lists kind of everything that we're going to go, go over. He has gun safety on here, Medicare for all, um, he, combat, uh, climate change. He, um, he has extremely in-depth plans for all kinds of stuff. Women's right to choose, uh, making Texas fun, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> um, southern, border, uh, southern border security value-added tax, which is kind of something I'm more interested in. He, was big, like he was big on those VATs. It's smart. And it's uh, really smart. And it is. And I mean, the whole idea was to, to use it to fund part of his UBI. You know, yep. the whole universal basic income, use these VATs so you can hit people like Amazon and some of these other yep. some of these other giant corporations. That's kind of where I was going the other night about with the, about, with the UBI. So a value-added tax is currently used 160 out of 193 countries, including every developed nation except the U.S., because yeah. it is a more efficient way of generating revenue with no loopholes. Big companies and rich people are excellent at moving assets around to avoid taxes. Amazon... Google, and other companies funnel hundreds and billions of earnings overseas. In fact, Amazon paid zero taxes last year. A value-added tax makes it impossible for them to benefit, uh, for the, to benefit the American people, automation, and infrastructure without paying their fair share. So you look at these corporations that have um, a domineering presence in China, and they're, in, they're, they're billing, uh, building all these phones in China. You know, think about this, and I was listening to... Um, I, can't remember, I think it was, uh, it was Joe Rogan's recent podcast, and he was talking to a prepper. Imagine if uh, uh, a disaster happened. It's kind of like Corona, right? And we can't get phones anymore because all the phones are made in China. Maybe we have a two-year supply here. Imagine if we can't get medicine because a lot of our medicine is made in China. That imagine, was... imagine these scenarios where we've, we are creating ourselves into this like bubble because 
we're not allowing these these North these NAFTA agreements, these TPPs that are pushed by people like uh, Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton. Um, NAFTA was pushed by George Bush Sr. and then it was passed by Bill Clinton, um, which is the North American Free Trade Act. Uh, Trade Act. Um, these things like gut the middle class, and I. That's why I think if you get somebody like Yang who can burst out of the bubble and can pursue an independent party run and get on the ballots and be able to debate and he can get his voice and and we we get some ground because it seems like people are waking up to politics. I think it's a good move. Well, and Yang Yang is just a lot of fun anyway. Did you did you watch any of his uh, some of his highlights? Are hilarious. Like he'll have you know like out like uh, after the show there was guys who were like, hey, uh, I'm gonna kneel in front of you and you spray this. I was just getting ready to mention that one. <laughs> you spray this whipped cream in my mouth, <laughs> <laughs> and he did it. You know, and he, well, they, and he filled their mouth up with whipped cream, and it's so I mean like well the campaign guy runs over there. He's like we can't yeah like can't this is this. this is oddly sexual. But it's funny. Like it was, it was pretty funny. And and Yang was, you know, I, I wish he would. Uh, he need, I wish he would loosen up a little bit during the debates. But he mm-hmm. just needs more time. I mean, hell, he's only forty five. And it, like I, I would assume that he'd probably run again this. Joe next, Biden's next been time. in office for forty four years. Yeah. Forty four, four, four. Yeah. Yang is forty five years old. And you think about this: Yang's forty five years old. Biden doesn't support half the things that Yang does. So, you, well, because Biden's not smart. Biden, okay, <laughs> no, yeah, no I, offense. I don't, no, I don't. I'm, and I'm not that. saying that Trump's smart. Like, because Yang is much more intelligent in terms of Trump. In oh, terms yeah. of IQ, like Yang has a very high IQ, right? But think about this. Dude. But sometimes people are a little too smart and they'll play with shit too much. And yep. They'll be like, "Hey, I have this great idea," and that's why, like, his gun, I think Yang kind of ran into that. thing is like it's it's really it's, smart. It's just. Okay, dude. Like, come that's talk not to us. Here. This isn't. This is a. This is an invitation to come talk to us because you yeah. know we're table talk, um, normal, um, everyday. Uh, he was. Uh, he he had gentlemen. Ben Shapiro had him on too, and it was a really good. Oh yeah, that was a great. It was a great because ben you got two intellectual I, heavyweights right there. I really. I just enjoy listening to Yang because he's he's a genuine. He seems like a genuinely good person. Yeah. Right. So can hear something. Okay. So let's. I want to do something real quick. Um, Here's top ten trending policies that Yang supports, and let's let's name these off: the freedom of uh, the freedom dividend. I almost thought and this said, and that's the one thousand per year, right? Yep. <laughs> I almost thought this said human centipede, but it says human centered capitalism. <laughs> you no, human centipede. I, I was thinking like right when I, I saw it. Think, I don't know uh, why. Okay, I'm I think not sure if Yang. That. I'd have to ask Yang if he supports that or not. Um, reduced student loan board burden, value added tax, southern border security. Medicaid, Medicare, Medicaid for all, gun safety, um, climate change, achieve net zero emissions by 2049, women's right to choose, making Texas fun, which is hilarious. I, you got, see, that's why I love Yang. He's just, he's funny. But anyhow, so look at this, man. Um, Joe Biden doesn't support Medicaid for all, Medicare for all. Yeah, and that's, that's pretty funny because he won't even, like... Because Joe Biden could help shore up the left with Medicare for all, right? Yep. But he won't even back that, which is it's just kind of odd. I, I don't. I mean, I get it and I don't get it, but but so, he's still milk toast. He's still like, I'm, he's just trying to play the most safe stuff because he's not. I mean, you know, it's like it's like his candidacy. He's not even really alive, you know. But he's he's there. I mean, he's there, and I guess allegedly he's winning. I don't I don't trust any of the polls though right now because so here's and here's what Yang says, and this is kind of why I like the like He's like, we talk about how we're going to pay for it. But the reality is we're already paying for it. We pay for it when we, when we can't switch jobs. We pay for it when new jobs are temp gig jobs that don't provide health care. We pay for it when all of the prices are higher. We pay for it when health care costs drive us into bankruptcy. To be clear, I support the spirit for Medicare, Medicare for all. 
and have since the first day of this campaign. I do believe that swiftly reformatting 18% of our economy and eliminating private health insurance for millions of Americans is not a realistic strategy. So we need to provide a new way forward on health care for all Americans. He's a realist. He's not saying, hey, yeah. hey guys, I can give you all free uh, health care and I'll just make, make it uh, one government system, um, a single-payer tax. He's not doing that. And, it, like, and that's what's so frustrating about politicians is like these wishy-washy bullshit dreams they try to push aren't real. And you know what? It's the difference between him and, him and Bernie Sanders. Bernie Absolutely. Sanders wants to, 100%. He wants to promise all the, like, everything. Doesn't even, like, he doesn't even – not even really looking at the cost. It's like he's going to promise these things. For people's votes. Yang was, you know, he was pretty methodical about all of it. Like, hey, this is how I'm going to do it. Now, this is, this is what we're going to do. And, that, and I, I agree with him. Actually, I kind of agree on the bat. You know, I, I kind of so, agree on that. And I think, I think he's right. Like, I, I, I think in a way, you know, um, in the future, I think the UBI is probably going to, it's either going to have to be or I don't know how the economy is really going to look. Maybe it doesn't have to be. Maybe there's another way to go about it. So, I, and I agree with that. So, let's, let's break it down. So, this is how he supports... UBIs. Um, this means controlling the, cro- the cost of prescription drugs. I 100% agree with that. No one talks about this. Um, Andy, who I love, is a pharmacist. She's on our uh, uh, third-party podcast. And um, we can't wait to get her kind of inf- input on that. Um, that means investing in innovative technology. And if you look at America right now, where does all the medical innovation come from? It comes from America. But we got to figure a way out to get our costs down because it's expensive. Monica's surgery, a 30-minute surgery on her foot because she got stung by a stingray, was $800 for 30 minutes. 800 bucks, And that, didn't, that, was, just the, that was just a surgeon. That, didn't, that wasn't the anesthesiologist. That wasn't anything else. That was just the surgery. And it's like, so I get it. You know what I mean? And a lot of people don't even have $400 in redundancy savings. So, and I understand that. So... Um, shifting our focus on more stages of care. That means uh, revamping comprehensive care. 21st, to include crucial aspects of well-being. That means taking powerful lobbyists in D.C. Um, diagnosing and addressing these underlying problems is the first and most important step to ensuring everyone has um, access to health care because we cannot extend quality coverage to everyone without real strategies on how to avoid toxic incentives of our current system. So I think that I, think, I just think he's, he, he lays it out and he doesn't get caught up was saying, oh, you know, we could pay for it because they don't give him the spotlight. Well, I, I don't think he's not an ideologue. So I don't think he's like, like these are the ideas that he's put together, you know, that are, that are, I think it's really intelligent. I think it's well, well uh, displayed, but uh, it doesn't mean like he's stuck on all these ideas, right? Like, I don't, like, this isn't like his party platform or, you know, whatever. Like, I, I think he's got, he, he would do his own thing and be yeah. his own man and, and, you know, and still have to try to push what he can push. Um, I just like that it's, you know, it's, it's different. He's creative. He's smart. He's actually thought through some of this stuff. You know, it's not just the same old bullshit from the parties. You know, he's, he's different than a lot of these other people. Another Yang uh, thing, and again, this is from Yang 2020, just so everybody knows, but this, it's good because it lays out what he thinks. Um, another thing that Joe Biden doesn't agree with is the Freedom Dividend, which is the UBI. Andrew would implement the Freedom Dividend, a universal basic income of 1000 a month, 12000 a year for every American adult over the age of 18. This is independent of one's work status or any other factor. This would enable all Americans to pay their bills, educate themselves, start businesses, be more creative, stay healthy, relocate for work, spend time with their children, take care of loved ones, and have real stake in the future. Um, other regular increases to keep up with the cost of living. Any change to the Freedom Dividend would require a constitutional amendment. It would, it would be illegal to lend or borrow against one's dividend. 
Um, a universal basic income at this level would permanently grow the economy by 12.56 to 13 percent, or about 2.5 trillion by 2025. It would also increase the, ta- the labor force by 4.5 to 4.7 million people, putting money into people's hands, keeping it with a perpetual boost in support of job growth and the economy. I don't know the the uh, the that's studies. What his, that's, that's his thing. So there's no sign. That's that's just from Yang's words. I'm not yeah. saying that's that's fact, but that's kind of what he says. Yeah, because the studies I've seen on UBI are not. A lot of them don't come to that kind of conclusion. Now, I, but of course, they they were small studies. They were just done in certain areas. I don't know how it would what, what it would be like long term because there's been some different ones in the world, and there's been a couple here. I think there might have been one in Stockton. There was a, f- a few locations in America as well. So if you and I don't think they had necessarily great stuff, but that is a lot. That, that is a tremendous amount of money. I'm not sure how much he said the VAT would cost, or would would uh, you know bring in. But his big thing about it was also. Um, was also, you know, you know, mothers or, or, or fathers being able to stay home. And that was another piece of it. Like, hey, why, don't, why aren't stay-at-home mothers or stay-at-home fathers, you know, basically rewarded by the system so that they can actually do that, you know, so that we can actually go through with these things. Because, I mean, they're still giving back to society. Yeah. You know, I mean, that, like, that's still, obviously, it's still an extremely important it job. Takes, and you're not getting any money for it. It's just becoming like an economic drain, technically. It takes us back to our first conversation about why third party. And if you think about it, at some point, we got to get back to the family structure. I mean, don't even have to be married, but like you need there, there. It's important. And I was talking to another friend about this, about having uh, a single ho- household, or um, if you're gonna have a single household, you got to have you got you can't work three jobs and expect to. Ra- it's it's hard to raise a child when you're working three jobs and there's no, there's no support system because a lot of a lot of Americans don't have the support system. And I think there's a way to do it, especially when you make one billion dollars in one day. It's ridiculous. It's too big. Well, I mean, we're we're the the bad thing about it in single parent and and uh, sometimes two parent households is we're it's like we're outsourcing our child rearing to professionals, Stay. like to like to a daycare or to this or that. You know, where where somebody else is raising your kids for you and you only have them so many hours a day. And that's what Yang's saying you know, right And here. that's like I don't think this is good, and I don't think it's good long term. And I no. think we're I think that's just another part of like disintegrating the the family unit. People are using, um, and, and here's another thing to go along with that. Just what you just said, it's not good because we're we're using school systems as daycares. So we're in a pandemic, and we want to send people back to school yeah. because people need to work and people need to get their kids back to school. Why don't you fit that extra thousand dollars a month for that daycare? You know, daycare is so expensive. Thousand dollars a month would just pay for daycare in itself for a lot of families. Yeah, because uh, I know. Uh, my youngest, my youngest Ezra, you know, it's uh, I think it's eight twenty five a month Whew. because he's still on diapers and stuff. When they're the younger they are, the more expensive they are. That's actually eight hundred dollars. Yeah. That's a mortgage payment. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of money. It's, Unless it's you're definitely in California, a lot of money. Um, New York, and that's how it is. Like under like two or three, it, that's that's a pretty standard price for this area. So you imagine what it's going to be in some of those other areas, you know? And, yeah. But it, but we're also, I mean, not only that, you're, not only are you losing that money. The person who's basically with your kid more than you is your daycare provider. You know, like so they're also raising your children for you, which I hate. Like none of my other five other children, none of them were in daycares like that. We always worked at our schedules and worked at all that stuff so that we were the ones raising our own children. You know, which is how I'd prefer it. But I mean I understand there's a lot of families that just can't do it. You know, like there's this because of the system we have, our system isn't set up for that. So our system is not set up to promote families. It'd be nice to find a job to where you can split time. And make up your alone time on weekends. I mean, I grew up with it's weird. I was thinking about this the other day. Your oldest is going to be graduating high school. I'm 
I've known your oldest like almost half my life, and it's just it's a cool feeling because I've seen like how you raise it and how you split that time and how it works, and, and it made me think about family. Um, so I think I think that's a cool thing. Um, something I also want to mention too, just so we're not so we're clear on this, you know, I'm not saying a huge like hundred percent Andrew Yang. This is a third party podcast talking about something that could potentially get a ticket or have the ability to. But Donald Trump has also talked about um, making child care more accessible. Yeah, I think he would do it. I do think that I do think that uh, Trump would do it as well, um, but maybe not necessarily for all the right reasons. I think that Yang would try to do a lot of things. I think he would try to do them for a lot of the right reasons, and that's good. I mean, not that, not that that you know. I mean, it's, I guess it's better to have the action than not have the action. And I think I think Yang is a. I, I think he's definitely a viable candidate. I just wonder if he will if if he will buck the Democratic he's Party. He's got to be he strong. Yeah. You know, because I, I I was telling you about uh, Brett Weinstein. Uh, you know, trying wanting to draft him and uh, William H. McRaven, which I don't know as much about him, but I know he's. I think he's a center right Republican. I mean, go ahead. And they're so they're trying William to, H. McRaven. McRaven. And um, and he's a he was ex military. That's a cool like name, that. by the way. And you know, like he wants he wants to bring him in because he thinks they're both genuine people and they're people that basically that we should draft to to be you know president, vice president, have them run on their own little ticket, you know, and just. So that we can kind of get away from the two-party system as well, but um, was he talking twenty twenty-four? Was he talking? He was actually talking about now. this this time, even though it's that, so, that it, podcast on Joe Rogan was only like a month or two ago. You know, it's funny that's so polarizing right now that could happen. Well, it's it, potentially in, a possibility. And in, because in, in, uh, Brett Weinstein went through like some of the data as well, and the issues that they were pulling, the, the issues that they had, they felt like they were going to. They did some kind of a study where they felt like they were going to pull from each side about the same. So it wasn't just like going to screw the Democrats or just going to just screw the Republicans. They felt like they had at least enough of both groups that it would uh, that it would be potentially a viable you know a option. viable viable option if it was going to happen. But it doesn't look like it's going to happen this time around. So William Harry McRaven, um, he was born in 1955. He's a retired United States Navy four-star admiral. Um, who last served as the ninth commander of the United States Special Operations Command from August 2011-2014. He's a chancellor of the University of Texas system. Texas. Is that what he is? Yes, it's kind of funny. that That's how you make Texas fun, Yang. Get this guy involved. He doesn't look too fun, though. Uh, Let's see. He previously served from 2008 uh, to August 2011 as commander of the Joint Special Force Operations Command, JSOC. I mean, they got some everything. Let's see here. So really, he's just a military guy. So that kind of gives you your um, operations Neptune spear. Yeah, I'm not familiar with him, but he I'm must not be, either. I don't know anything about like, him. Free, free from Brett Weinstein to even know him, he must be a. So who is Brett Weinstein? Can you explain that real quick? Well, I mean, he's, he's a you know a member of the intellectual dark web is what that was what his brother uh, Eric Weinstein came up with. Uh, Brett Weinstein, he was. Uh, I'm trying to think of the school he was at now. He got in trouble. I know that because it was a what was it green? Damn it! I, I like I know it, and that's what's going to make me look You're stupid. Okay. Go ahead and keep talking. I'll but find it. He got, you know, he he came out because the students and some of the faculty, I think, as well. They were trying to have like an, an uh, a day without whites kind of a thing, right? Like an idea at a, at their school, and he was like, "No, I don't think this is a good idea, guys. I don't think it's a good idea just to have all the white kids stay home. <laughs> you know, like that's a." So he held his class in a public park. Yeah, so, you know, and, and he took a bunch of flack, and this guy was like, I mean, he's a progressive. I mean, he's not, like, he was one of them. Like, he, he was. I mean, it was very reasonable, because, I mean, I've watched enough hours to know that he's reasonable. Evergreen. Um, Evergreen. There you go. 
I had green, but I was like, I, I just can't come up with the other piece of it. And he, he totally gets screwed. And he gets, I, I think he completely got pushed out of that, uh, of that college altogether. And he's, a, I think he's a, I think he has a PhD in biology or something like that. I know he has a PhD and he's very, extremely intelligent. So, I love, I love a lot of his commentary. And yep. I think he has a dark horse, dark horse podcast, I believe. He does. Yeah. With his wife. His wife's on that podcast. Oh, is that who that is? Yeah, it's his, his wife. wife. Yep. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. So now that's a crazy story. It's once a year. Um, Evergreen State University, located just outside of Seattle, allows students of color to take a day of absence so that their important <laughs> con- contribution is felt to, at the university. Brett Weinstein, as a progressive, was and as has been on the board for a long time. A year ago, they flipped the logic. Rather than telling people of color to stay yeah. away for a day, they told white people that they were not welcome to the campus whites. for a day. Yeah. Absence was completely compulsory, but highly recommended. Weinstein thought that was, wasn't was quite the same ethical and political message as a former option. Weinstein and his wife, also a professor, has since been forced out of the university yep. due to their racism, and America <laughs> seems divided. Guy's totally not racist. He's, he, and he's, it's so ridiculous. It's like the, it was like the left eating their own, and I, do, I didn't even understand it. Yeah. And, but I, mean, I remember the whole, I remember his whole journey, like in terms of learning about and watching him on podcasts. And his podcast with Joe Rogan was really good. Yeah. I, so. I listen all, because he has one with, with Jordan Peterson and him and, and Joe Rogan. And then he has a couple other ones with Joe Rogan. And they're all great. Anything else good from the podcast? On that one? Yeah. A yeah, bunch of great COVID stuff. Just which COVID stuff. Totally off topic from, from Andrew Yang. But he, some great COVID stuff as well. So Andrew, other than other than talking about Andrew Yang and McRaven, and, and he, there's like a 12 minute piece of it, um, a video on YouTube that just. So would Andrew Yang run with a conservative? I don't know. That'd be interesting. It'd I'm be not, a good way to I didn't to watch, unite the uh, America. If he had a conversation, he he said that he was having backdoor conversations with people. I'm assuming he also met Andrew Yang, but. They were still, I think they were still looking at some polling and stuff like that, and they weren't ready to come out and officially agree to it, is what is the way he presented it. So he still might run in 2020? I don't think it's going to happen in 2020, but I, I, he, he, Brett, Brett was saying that he was having conversations behind closed doors with people, but they weren't ready to come and you know, make it official. Yang so gang. I'm guessing it's not going to happen this time. Join the Yang gang. Sign up today with Andrew Yang's historic campaign. <laughs> so no, I'm excited, man. I think it's, uh, it, he's a good candidate i think he has some good ideas um i don't agree with all of his ideas um i would like to know more um it'd be well my thing is like i want them to explain i think he he's intellectual enough to explain what he's gonna do instead of just trying to tell us hey this is i think he'd be honest enough to say this is gonna work or it's not gonna work you know yeah and that's what i like because he's genuine see it's i don't need somebody i don't need a leader that's that uh just agrees with me I would prefer a leader that's genuine. So at least I know where they stand and what they're actually going to do and what their motivations are. Yep, absolutely. Um, what else do you want to say? Anything else about entry? Uh, no, I think that's probably about it for now. Perfect. All right, guys. Well, uh, that's a po- uh, possible candidate. Um, let us know what you guys think, and we'll see you next time.